are listening to Packers Now. Get the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Kurkowski, and today we're going to finally discuss Aaron Rodgers. I know I've I've kind of put this off. I've talked about it briefly, but I've I've had too many people texting me asking me what's going on, what's the best case scenario for the Packers, and let me start with this. I do not believe Aaron Rodgers will be traded. I have tried to wait on this as long as I could. I, I've, I've taken in all the news. I've waited till Aaron Rodgers had his interview. I waited till OTAs. And even with Aaron Rodgers not deciding to attend, here's the here's the reality. Rodgers will not be traded. And there's a, there's a hundred reasons why. And I have a couple here I'm going to talk about uh, for us. And so the first thing is Rodgers cares about his legacy. Okay. He does not want to be seen like Favre was for the Packers. Okay, that was a huge deal for him. He went through that. He experienced that. He does not want that. Okay, he has said that time and time again, and Rodgers is a person who cares about those things. He cares about what people think think about him. We've seen that his image, what others think about him, is so important. Okay, and for him to demand a trade to leave the Packers, to leave because it was his fault, he, he can't have that. He, he will not allow that to happen, okay? Second, Rodgers doesn't actually have control here, okay? As much as, as, as powerful and as dominant as the most dominant player in the NFL, okay, I, Aaron Rodgers was last year. He was. That's why he was the MVP. He had the highest pro football focus grade, the highest wins above replacement, about 4.7 wins he accounted for for the Packers but he does not have control here. Okay, here's why. He's on contract for three more seasons. Because of that, Rodgers doesn't have control. Rodgers, players don't have control when they're still under contract. Rodgers would actually have to pay the Packers back a good sum of money just in 2021, around $20 million, if he decided to sit this year out and not play any football. That's a lot of money, no matter who you are. And on top of that, the Packers' current contract is literally... All of Jordan Love's rookie contract, except his fifth-year option, okay? I don't know if you understand that, but Rodgers has three years left on his deal. Jordan Love has three years left on his deal, okay? Right now, even if Rodgers played out the rest of his contract, Jordan Love would not play a snap unless he got injured, okay? Um, And the Packers would have to decide on Jordan Love's fifth-year option the year before that even. So they would have to be thinking two years ahead, okay, is Jordan going to be ready in two years? Because they wouldn't be that much money for the Packers to do that. But, like, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Even Rodgers thinking Jordan Love's going to, they're going to cut him and trade him when the Packers want to and then move on to Jordan Love. I just, it just won't, I don't think that would happen. Okay. Next. Okay. We can talk about Aaron's interview. And he had his interview Monday night, and I actually was surprised by it. I was, I was taken aback how general. It was, and obviously it's going to be general. Aaron Rodgers is not going to go on national media and say something, but it's funny because other players have. Other players have. Julio Jones went on a very similar show on ESPN and just said, yep, I'm out. I want to be traded. Rodgers could have done the same thing, and he didn't. He did not, okay? Because things that he said, and I would just, if I were to sum up the words he said in that interview Monday night, this has nothing to do with current players, current coaches, the fans. It all comes down to management. It comes down. He said he talked about culture and how the Packers praise this culture, but culture is built through the players, and the players are what builds up an organization. 
Okay. And I get that. I've, I've been part of organizations where you have a really good mission, really good vision, but if the team you assemble are not great, talented, high character people, you're not going to fulfill the mission and vision you have for that organization. Aaron could have said, yes, I want out or yes, I want to be traded or yeah, I'm done in Green Bay. I'm done with them. He didn't say those things. And I get, he also didn't say, yes, I'm going to be a Packer for life or I want to come back and win a Super Bowl. I get it. But I think it's important to realize he still wants some sort of change and wishes that change. Um, and with that change, sorry, if he says the positive things, he loses his leverage to gain whatever it is he may desire to gain. He, uh, We are so uncertain what exactly Aaron Rodgers really wants here, okay? Tons of people can speculate and it could be that could, it could be an apology. It could be respect. It could be more money. It could be more say in decision-making. But I think the biggest is straight up commitment is what Aaron Rodgers wants. I would be surprised, okay, if when all this ends uh, and Rodgers does come back, I do think he will come back eventually. He actually does sign a new contract with the Packers. I don't know if he's going to be making more money. I, d- I don't. I think the money he was set to earn will be the same or similar because I don't think it's about the money for Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I think it's all about the respect, the commitment, decision-making, making his opinion known because he wants to be all in. Okay, the big thing is he doesn't want to go all in. He doesn't want to come in this offseason, work as hard as he possibly can for the Packers to trade him next offseason. Okay, even if they want a Super Bowl, he wants to be just, he just wants to know, okay, hey, I'm going to be here. My team the people above me are committed to me, then I can feel really committed to play under this organization. Okay, that's what he wants. Okay, and the, the final thing, the final thing why I don't think Rodgers is going to get traders, the Packers don't want to move on from him. Not only as a player, but because this is the current reigning MVP and everybody wishes they had an Aaron Rodgers on their team. But financially, the Packers cannot move on from Aaron Rodgers. If the Packers were to try to trade him, the Packers would take a $38 million dead cap hit, okay? And I, I, that's, that's a lot of money, okay, and for anybody, but even for the Packers. The Packers right now have $2 million of cap space. And in 2022, they already are in the hole almost $34 million. So cutting Aaron Rodgers uh, or trading Aaron Rodgers would not save you any money. It's not like you save money from that deal. It actually leads to the Packers taking a $38 million more onto their cap that would make the Packers be without Aaron Rodgers and still $36 million over the cap in 2022. The Packers don't want that. That is like the worst situation you could ask for, to still have less money than you had before and not have your MVP quarterback on your team, okay? Packers don't want that at all, okay? And I think one thing that has made this a little interesting and how serious this really is actually is the fact that on Tuesday for OTAs, which the ones that were open to the public, not only did Aaron Rodgers not show up, okay, we expected that, uh, and he missed out actually on $500,000, which I really don't get that no matter how rich you are, okay? But the top five receivers on the roster, uh, not counting Amari Rodgers, the rookie third rounder receiver, none of them showed up as well, okay? LaFleur stated it wasn't a boycott or a group decision. He talked to each one individually, but that's pretty hard to believe. I think this group of receivers is saying, hey, we want Rodgers. Figure this out as well. Rodgers is our guy. Okay. Guys like MBS, guys like Alan Zard, EQ, <laughs> all of them, Devonta Adams, 
uh, and Devin Funches, they're all on the last years of their contract, all five of those players. And if Jordan Love is their quarterback, they know we're not going to make any money out on the open market because Jordan Love is not ready to play. And we've seen that. We've seen, yeah, he, he has really good zip, but I do not think Jordan Love is ready to play at this point. Maybe by the end of the summer, he might, he probably will improve a ton if he was taking first team reps the whole summer. I believe that, but I don't think he's ready to play. I don't think that. I think the Packers know that. I think the players know that. And even though he is talented, I, I do think Jordan Love is talented. I think if you gave him two full years to actually develop, and that doesn't really count last year because he was it was a COVID offseason where he didn't really get snaps. This is a full offseason. Next year would be a full offseason. The year after that, I think he could be ready to start in the NFL. But if I'm going to be honest, the Packers will probably not consider trading Aaron Rodgers knowing all this information understanding just how deep and complex how many layers there are to this it ends up being really a simple decision for the Packers and Rodgers to come to an agreement to keep him in Green Bay honestly till he retires but today today what I want to do after all that discussion what uh what I want to do is talk about okay if Aaron Rodgers was traded what teams could actually be in play for a trade for Aaron Rodgers and what would a good package even look like for the Packers to consider this? Okay. So to start, I want to make one thing clear. Aaron Rodgers has no choice in where he would be traded. This is not good for Aaron Rodgers. And because of that, he has to be really careful because some of the best teams the Packers could consider trading with here, you'll see would lead to Rodgers being on some very bad teams because you take a lot of good players away from those teams that are making them young and so talented. Uh, And so, That's a big deal. The other thing I would like to make clear is the Packers actually don't need a QB as part of these trades, okay? The big thing here is if the Packers would actually move on from Aaron Rodgers, they'd actually trade Aaron Rodgers, they're saying, hey, we believe in Jordan Love. And because of that, you don't need to add a quarterback to the room to compete, okay, to take snaps away from Jordan Love for him to actually be able to develop. That's a waste of resources and players you could get, okay? There are a couple, there is a scenario I will mention that the Packers would get a QB as well in the trade, but I would prefer other players, okay? I think taking as many chances on QBs is important, but I think if you do this trade, you a GM for the Packers is going to say, hey, I believe in Aaron Rod- or I believe in Jordan Love. Um, and if they're going to make that trade, they need to put as many key pieces around Jordan Love to help see, hey, is this guy for real, okay? And because of that, I'm not trying to get such and such pitch so I such and such player that's a QB in return so that I can have this mediocre to good QB above Jordan Love so Jordan Love can still develop no that's a waste of my resources I'm not going to win a Super Bowl with a top 15 to 20 receiver or quarterback I'm gonna (laughs) that just won't work it won't work and so because of that I would rather just play Jordan Love I'd rather move on to Jordan Love in this scenario and not waste any of my returns on putting a QB in these trades. Okay, there is a there is one scenario I'm going to talk about, but that's pretty unique because there's just really no other options on that football team. So the first team I'm going to talk about, the obvious choice everyone's been talking about since the night of the draft would be the Denver Broncos. Okay, the Broncos have the team all ready to win a Super Bowl, but are missing the key piece, the quarterback. We talked about this before the draft, but they are in dire need of a QB to lead this roster to the promised land. It has not even been close to being a part of uh, the playoffs. 
part of the Super Bowl since Peyton Manning retired. The Broncos have arguably the strongest roster in the NFL outside the QB position, the best defensive-minded head coach in the game. And because of that, defensive-minded defensive schemes are pretty much more important than any player you can have on your on your defense nowadays. And they are a team that seems interested in Rodgers, and Rodgers seems interested in playing for them as well. So what would Denver actually have to give up to make this deal work? And I think this deal starts with three first-round picks. First-round picks are so important, and after seeing what the Lions got in return for Matthew Stafford, you know you should receive at least three first-round picks just to start these conversations. So every team I mentioned is going to be three first-round picks as part of the trade deal. These first-round picks are key in rebuilding the Packers roster. The Packers, like I said before, are about to be in a terrible cap situation, and they're going to need to replenish this roster through the draft on cost-controlled rookie contracts if they hope to stay under the cap in future seasons. Although this is true, the Packers are going to need more than just that. Because of the Packers' cap situation, though, they won't be able to afford to get veteran players in return in these deals, okay? That's important. Okay, you can't trade to the Falcons and get Julio Jones in return because you're talking about taking on $20 million of a cap hit, which the Packers can't afford. They don't have the salary cap space to take on $20 million. That's why the Packers can't go and trade for Julio Jones. It just doesn't work like that. There's money that has to you have to take into account. And I think a lot of people don't understand that and take the money into account. So because of that, the Packers are going to need more young players on cost-controlled rookie contracts. And with those rookie contracts, a lot of those are fully guaranteed with a huge signing bonus, okay, to start off those contracts. Because of that, those contracts are very cheap to receive in return, which would lead to the Packers adding quality players who don't make our cap situation any more difficult. The three players I would add on top of the three first-round picks from the Broncos would be their first-round pick from 2020, wide receiver Jerry Judy, their 2021 first-round pick, cornerback Patrick Sertan, and their third-round pick, Quinn Minerts out of Wisconsin, Whitewater. Starting with receiver Jerry Judy. Judy was the best receiver prospect coming out of the draft last year, and he played in a terrible situation in Denver where Drew Locke was the quarterback last season, and that didn't give him ample opportunities to show how good of a receiver he actually was because no quarterback has had more inaccurate passes, more uncatchable passes than Drew Locke did last season. Okay. And because of that, when you're targeting your players, you don't even give them a chance to succeed. And, uh, Jerry Judy had two elite seasons as well at receiver at Alabama before entering the draft where he was the primary receiver at Alabama. He was above, he was better than rugs. He was better than Waddle. He was better than Smith. He's an incredible route runner, good speed, decent size. All the characteristics that remind me of Devontae Adams, even his struggles with drops in his first season in the NFL. Judy could be a receiver one in the NFL, but with Devontae Adams on the roster, he could be the best receiver two in football and he would be on the Packers. That would be huge. The other guy, Patrick Sertan, he was the agreed upon best cornerback prospect in this draft. Another former Alabama player player who started three years in a row, starting as a true freshman, got better every year. He finished 2020 with an elite coverage grade. Sertan is the perfect zone corner to cover big, long receivers for the Packers. And yes, the Packers already drafted Eric Stokes, but Stokes is a much different player. He wins with his speed. Uh, Sertan wins with his size, his physicality, and his instincts, Okay, Um, which Stokes really doesn't have. 
Okay, if the Packers were able to get Sertan, what it would do is have the Packers have the best secondary in the NFL with Stokes and Sertan on the outside and Jair Alexander in the slot, or basically Jair traveling around the field covering the opposing opposing team's best receiver on every single play. The Rams did this all last season with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey traveled all over the field shutting down receivers, okay? And that's exactly what Jair would be able to do in this defense because the Packers would have two other cornerbacks they would be able to rely on. This would be incredible for the Packers, giving them the best pass coverage unit in football, as well as one of the top group of weapons for Jordan Love as well, with with three extra first-round picks, which wouldn't be great picks, though, because Rodgers would probably take the Broncos to the AFC Championship at least every year, but the more picks would be helpful. And I don't even know if that's good enough, okay? I'm, I'm This is going to happen a couple times, but as I thought about it more, even that's not enough. And I would add even this year's third-round pick, Quinn Minerts, another guy to add to this trade package because the Packers need more and they need to be young. And here's a way for the, for them to be able to do that. And this is one of my favorite value players in the draft, full of character dominated at whitewater, obviously, uh, but dominated at the senior bowl. And that's huge. That's the top seniors in college football every year playing there. He was the most athletic interior offensive lineman in this draft class. He may need time to, to develop, but personally, I believe he's going to be more successful as a starter at center for the Packers than Josh Myers would be this year. Adding a guy like this would add even more youth, even more competition on our offensive line, which is so key to a team's success. Teams, we're now looking at a 17-game season, guys, and if your offensive line doesn't hold up, you don't, You even if you get to the playoffs, even if you get to the NFC Championship, even if you get to the Super Bowl, you don't win, okay? Look at the t- these teams, guys, okay? Uh, teams that fall apart every year who look really good. The Chargers. Every year, you're like, oh, there's hope for the Chargers. Their offensive line gets decimated. They don't make the playoffs. Okay? This last year, the Packers, they make the playoffs. They get there. They are playing well. They lose David Bakhtiari. Everything goes downhill from there because you don't have the depth. They lost Lane Taylor at the start of the year. They had enough depth to replace Lane Taylor. They did not have enough depth to replace Lane Taylor and David Bakhtiari. Okay? The Packers need more depth. And even if you look at the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs, they lost their tackles. They could not hold up with the Bucs. They almost still did, even without their two starting offensive tackles. But they couldn't because they didn't have the depth on their offensive line. You need to have depth there because if that gets becomes a weak link, you are crushed. Your offense is destroyed. Okay? So adding offensive linemen here is important as well. Okay? Um and but if I know the Packers GM, if I know if I understand this relationship, is what I'm hearing is true. Brian Gutekunst probably doesn't want to take this trade because he wants to send Rodgers to a team that can't win the Super Bowl. Okay, because if this this situation is 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 yucky, as gross as it may sound at times, Brian Gutekunst is not going to want to trade Aaron Rodgers to a team that can win a Super Bowl. And if this is the trade, even though the Packers are getting so much in return, the Packers are probably not going to want to trade him to a team and watch him win a Super Bowl, okay? That's just the reality because they don't want to do that. (laughs) After not being able to win a Super Bowl for 10 years, even though Rodgers was on your team that entire time, okay? So the other teams I would consider trading Rodgers to would be teams with multiple first-round picks in 2022 or 2023. Those teams are the Jets, the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Lions. Two of these five teams the Packers will not trade with. The Jets... Just got their future QB, who they love, and Zach Wilson. So they're off the table. And the Lions, they are in full rebuild, and they are also within the division. 
So that leaves three teams, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Eagles. These are three teams, okay, who can make a reasonable offer to the Packers on top of the Broncos, okay? What's great about these three teams, though, is you get to see the fruits of your trade so much sooner because these are three first-round picks you would get in the 2022 and 2023 draft. You don't have to wait all the way till 2024 to see all of the fruits of your labor from this trade, okay? And that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And a, another huge thing here is these teams are a lot worse than the Broncos, okay? All three of them, they're a lot worse than the Broncos. And so you're get, talking about getting higher draft picks. The higher the draft pick, uh, the one closer to the top pick, that's better for your situation. You want higher picks, okay? A top 10 pick is a lot different than the 30 overall pick. Uh, and that's as many as you want, and you're getting those picks sooner. So first of all, the first two teams, the Dolphins and the, and the Giants, are both in unique situations as they both have young quarterbacks it feels like they want to see one more year out of, but neither has really shown what it takes to even be a top 15 QB in the NFL yet. Starting with the Dolphins. Similar to Denver, the Dolphins... Are, are kind of a QB away from being ready to compete in the NFC. They barely missed the playoffs in 2020. They had 10 wins with Tua and Fitzpatrick at the helm for them. Their offense was just embarrassing, though, at times this season because of their quarterback situation. But the quarterback they stuck with in Tua was actually the worst of the two. He had a terrible first year in the NFL. I'm concerned he doesn't have the arm talent to really make the Dolphins' team as special as it needs to in order to win a Super Bowl. With that concern, they could be a team in the Rodgers sweepstakes. Right away, the Packers in that trade would get the 49ers first round pick. The Dolphins traded to move up uh, to allow the 49ers to move up for Trey Lance. So in 2022, the Packers would, uh, would get uh, the 49ers first round pick, but they would also get in 2022 the Texans first round pick. No, in 2023, they get the Texans first round pick, which is a big deal because in 2023, the Texans will still be a really bad team and they might even be a top five pick in the draft. They will be a top five pick in the draft. I 100% believe that. And that's a huge pick that you could get out of this trade. And you'd also get the Dolphins 2023 first round pick as well. So there's the three first round picks. You get them at least a year earlier than the Broncos trade. And then again, the Packers are going to want cheap but exciting players to add to their current roster to make Jordan Love look better. Because of that, the Packers would also get in return the Dolphins' for two first-round picks they made in 2020 NFL Draft, and the Alabama receiver Jalen Waddell and edge rusher Jalen Phillips from Florida. Waddell would be another dynamic receiver the Packers could add to their room. He's not the true, he's not the route runner and true receiver that Jerry Judy would be, but he has the game-breaking speed, the quickness that is going to make him dynamic in the NFL. Then Jalen Phillips, the first edge rusher drafted this year. Everything you're looking for in a top edge rusher, 6'5", 266, insane testing, amazing speed, agility, explosiveness, and he had one breakout year this last season where he played at an elite level as a pass rusher. This is the guy who gets ready for a year before taking over for Zedarius and Preston Smith next season. Because of the Packers cap situation, the Packers are going to have to cut both Zedarius and Preston Smith next offseason, no matter what, no matter how good they are this year, and that sucks, but it's a reality. And poor cap management has led to this. And the Packers need to be ready to have some guys ready to step up in their absence. And honestly, this still didn't seem like enough to me. I don't think Jalen Phillips, Jalen Waddle, three first-round picks is enough for Aaron Rodgers. I, I know it sounds crazy, but I don't know if it is. And so for me, this is a situation where I would take that QB2. I would take to a, a top five pick last year and add him to our team. 
And I don't think Tua is that great. I told you that. I don't think he is. But that's just another guy, okay? The the Dolphins already paid a majority of that contract probably, so it wouldn't even cost that much money. And you're talking about maybe even getting an early second-round pick in return for him and in a different trade. That's what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen a couple years ago. And I think Tua is a lot better than Josh Rosen, and you're talking about getting a second-round pick in return for that. That's a really good deal for your team. Okay, now the Giants, on the other hand, have it a little different. They are, again, a team with a young quarterback in Daniel Jones, and they want to see Daniel, Daniel Jones play on a healthy roster. But even with a better 2021 season, he still had the 21st best passing grade of all QBs last season, according to PFF, which isn't that good. 21st, you're not even top 20 QB in the NFL. And I think the Giants, they do want to see Daniel Jones with some weapons this season and see how he progresses before making a decision on whether or not Daniel Daniel Jones is their guy. But let's say they didn't. Let's say the offer was too good to pass up. In this scenario, the Packers would get the Giants' first-round pick in 2022, the Bears' first-round pick in 2022, the Giants' one would probably turn into a late 20s pick, but the Bears could be a top-10 pick because the Bears really are not that good of a football team. Then the Packers could also get the Giants' 2023 first-round pick. Uh, The players here I would have the Packers get would be uh, nose tackle, Dexter Lawrence, 2021 first-round pick receiver, Darius Doney, and Andrew Thomas, okay? He was a top-five pick in the 2020 NFL draft, okay? Starting with Dexter Lawrence, he's played two very good seasons of football. He's becoming a top-nose tackle in the NFL. Adding him to our defense could really bolster our defensive line as the Packers have not had multiple impactful interior defense linemen in a very long time. And I would be very interested to see just how much that could impact the Packers' pass rush and their run defense. Kadarius Toney, he is a first-round receiver. I didn't think he was a first-round player, but he was drafted in the first round. But um, he is one of the most special players in the draft. He is a guy you would need to work into your offense, though. He is not as polished as the rest of the first-round receivers, but he is electric. He can stop and start on a dime. He can change directions as he's created more separation, even with his route running ability that made him super special. He's a game-changer on quick plays as well. 32 broken tackles on 80 catches, which is almost half the time, as he is a guy who will get you yards after catch consistently. This is the helpful piece our offense could use in case Amari Rodgers really isn't as dynamic as we wanted him to be. And he can add something, and we can add something to our defense as well with Dexter Lawrence. Come in, immediately start from day one, okay? But that might not even be enough. That's why I said, also, the Packers might ask for Andrew Thomas in this trade. To com- He's a top five first offensive tackle picked in the 2020 NFL draft. He could come in, compete at right tackle, okay? Move Billy Turner back to guard to his normal position so he could be his best self, Um and maybe not, maybe it's not Andrew Thomas, but maybe it's Aziz Ajularari. There's giant second round pick this year, another edge rusher. This is how insane these deals have to be for the Packers to actually consider trading Aaron Rodgers because it's going to be a lot because Aaron Rodgers means a lot to your football team. And the final team I would like to mention who I think probably would be a hard bargain not to take it, take this deal would be the Packers and Philadelphia Eagles making a trade. And here's why. In the 2020 to NFL draft, the Eagles will have three first-round picks, their own, the Dolphins, and the Colts. Those picks with Rodgers on their team 
would probably be around pick 18 from the Colts, pick 22 from the Dolphins, and pick 20 from the Eagles. Somewhere in there. A lot of mid-first-round picks. But they would all come up very quickly. So it would help the Packers reload their roster super fast. You're talking ridiculously fast because those would be three extra first-round picks all next year. The big players I think the Packers would get in return, though, in this trade also could be 2021 first-round pick, wide receiver Devontae Smith, 2021 second-round pick, Lane Dickerson, center, and their 2021 third-round pick, Milton Williams, interior defensive lineman. This is the first time I've had a team trade. So this is three first-round picks next year and the, their first three picks in their draft this last season. Okay? Um, and that's a lot. That's a big deal. This is their entire future is in these three players and these third first-round picks. And I would be taking all of that for this trade. Okay? This would be awesome, I think. And here's why. Devontae Smith, former Heisman winner. Nobody has done that at the receiver position since 91. This is a guy, he's the real deal, amazing route runner, great hands. He's smaller, so durability is a concern, but I think he has what it takes to be a great receiver in the NFL. But even if you look at the data, um, actually, uh, if you look at the data when it comes to size, smaller players have not been injured more often than larger players. Okay, that's, that's not the case. The data does not back that up. That is a belief that smaller players get injured more often. The data actually doesn't back that up at all. Uh, when they, uh, when I was looking at a study this last week, okay. Also, the Packers would get Landon Dickerson. He was the best leader in the entire draft class. When we talk about high character guys, this was the best one. An amazing year in 2020 at Alabama, the best center prospect in the draft. But he did tear his ACL. That's why he fell to the second round. But even with those tore two t- torn ACLs, he was still a second round pick, early second round pick, because he's that good. He had an elite season in 2020. If he can recover, he will be a top center in the NFL for a very long time. And that's a huge hole on our current roster because I don't think Josh Myers is that good. Finally, Milton Williams, interior defense line, would be a guy who could actually start day one for the Packers next to Kenny Clark. He's the most athletic interior defensive lineman in this draft class. He's really good. He's had two elite seasons of play as well the last two seasons of college. I love this guy in the draft, and I'd love for him to be a Packer. Here, the Packers would add another top receiver, upgrade our offensive line, upgrade our interior defensive line, while still adding three more starters next offseason in a year where the Packers will have no cap space and it will be crucial to have those draft picks. Then, the Packers won't have to wait several years to get returns on this trade. The final thing to note about the Eagles is this is not a very good team right now, and they could probably win their division with Rodgers as a starting QB, but they're going to struggle to do anything in the playoffs. This would be a team that the Packers GM, if he really is upset with this whole thing, is going to try and trade him to the worst team he can think of. Okay? And even though the Eagles would probably make the playoffs then, um, they definitely would, um, the Eagles would have one chance to try to make something happen this year, but after that, they could fall apart as their salary cap situation is terrible, they would have no draft capital, and their roster is full of very old players. This is the ideal situation for a GM that wants to put Rodgers in the worst place possible while still getting a huge return on investment. All in all, these are the situations, the teams I could see the Packers trading with to make this happen. And some of these scenarios could really work out well for the Packers, but some might be too good for Rodgers to him to go to a team like the Broncos. Um, And Brian Gutekunst will not want Rodgers to leave and do well where he is going. Because of that, the Packers will most likely not even consider trading Aaron Rodgers to any team. 
But if they did, they would most likely trade him to a team like the Eagles, okay, who are about to collapse as an organization where even Rodgers couldn't bring them out of that terrible spot. And because of that, Rodgers will not want to be traded in the end, I believe. I think if he's hearing noise that he's going to get traded to the Philadelphia Eagles or uh, I don't, probably the Philadelphia Eagles, let's say, he's going to say, I crap, I, I don't want that. Okay, and I believe this is all going to cool down. I think Rodgers is not going to want to be traded in the end when he starts to hear, oh, this is the only team that has enough for the Packers to consider trading to, and they're trading a lot, and I am i don't know if I can win with just these players. Okay, I think it's going to cool down. The Packers, the Rodgers are going to come to an agreement. Rodgers is going to be the QB in Green Bay for sure for the next three to five years. Rodgers, they're going to come to an agreement where he feels committed to, his opinion matters, and will result probably in the Packers trading away Jordan Love because Jordan Love should have a chance to play somewhere, and he's not going to have that chance if Rodgers comes back and he stays in Green Bay. And he's probably going to get traded to a team, one of the teams I just mentioned. Um, But Rodgers will stay because that is what is best for Rodgers. And if he wants to win Super Bowls, he's going to stay in Green Bay. And honestly, that's what's best for the Packers as well if they want to win Super Bowls as well, which obviously that's what we as fans want to see. That's what the Packers want to see. That's what Rodgers wants to see. They just need to come to an agreement, and this will all happen. But here are some teams that you should be on the lookout for if this does fall through. The Broncos, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Dolphins. Those are the four teams, I think, who could actually make a trade good enough for at least if this were to fall apart, this would be the best scenario. The best scenario is not for the Packers to play tough and not let Rodgers play anywhere next season, which I think they could do. The best decision is if actually Aaron Rodgers never plays another snap for the Packers, it's letting him go play somewhere else and getting something in return. Okay. And not many people believe that. They want to punish Aaron Rodgers if he were not to play again for the Packers. I am not in that case. If, if, if things cannot be rebuilt, which I think they can, Packers players have said this, Teams have said this. Other general managers have said this. Uh, if things can be rebuilt, you rebuild them. But if they can't, you still get as much as you can in return on a trade for Aaron Rodgers to help him come back, uh, to make your team as good as it can, to make Jordan Love as good as he can, and to make the Packers still be able to be competitive. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.